and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is, as you know, the only official podcast of Waxwork.com. We've had some trouble with imitators, apparently, but they're not real. This is the real one. But I'm the host of this show, uh, but I do have a couple of co-hosts here that I'd like to introduce. For example, this gentleman here is Mr. Frank Allen. Hello, Frank. Hello, Jordan. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why, frankly, why I bothered to show up today. No, what, now, why do you say that? Well, because you took away my you, you took away my part of the show last week, so I knew I wasn't going to be part of the show. But I, you know, I'm a professional, I guess, so I, I wanted to come anyway. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't take away your contribution to the show entirely. I mean, there's you're still going to be in the host part, and you still have uh, an episode of Debatatorium. I just took away the one Frank Allen interview, the one new new thing. I mean, whatever. Look, it's you're probably going to be back next week. Well, I should hope so. Yeah, but look, just I'm giving Scape an opportunity to show us what he can do. And to be honest, you've been doing some kind of, you know, dumb things recently. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, look, for everybody there, uh, you know, you can write in and complain that I'm not doing an interview this week. Uh, it's the, the email is castandwax at gmail.com. You can write in and say, you know, where's my Frank Allen interview? I love my Frank Allen interviews. He exposes people. He does uh, investigative reporting that I can't live without or I don't want to live without. So I don't think anybody's going to write in about that, especially since everybody seems to love Mr. Scape here. Mr. Scape White, I should say. Yeah, thanks. Don't call me Mr. Scape. We had trouble with this. Hey, everybody. I'm Scapey, and I am awesome. You oh, you like to say that, don't you? Well, I like to tell the truth, if that's what you mean. Sure, that's what I meant. I was just th- thought that was so strange. Oh, that's weird. He tells the truth an awful lot. Weird. Dad. Okay, uh, let me tell everybody what I've done recently. I did an interview for this episode. <laughs> yeah, sure. D- Frank, don't scoff. Um, thank you, Scape, of course. That was very good of you. Who knows? If it goes well, maybe you'll get your own weekly segment. You never know. Well, that'd be awesome. Uh, and lastly, we have Mr. Rory Sinjin over here. Hello, everyone. How is everyone doing today? Not too bad, I guess, you know, other than the losing the interview thing. Yeah, I'm good. I'm great. I'm awesome. Excellent, yes. Well, you know, Rory, why? How are you? Well, it's nice of you to ask. Um, I'm not quite as good as I'd like to be. Well, that's unfortunate. Let me guess. Uh... Am I going to be psychic here? Is it part of your legal troubles? Uh, yes, thank you. You know, I don't know why you're mocking my troubles, but yes, it is part of my legal troubles. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh, but it is a little funny <laughs> because yeah, it's not funny. Thank well, you. It is because, <laughs> like we said last week, you did something really unethical, and you're <laughs> getting punished for it. And I, I guess it's good sometimes that the world has justice. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. Well, no, I'm sorry. We we want you to learn from your mistakes, but we don't, I mean, we don't want you to, your life to be ruined. So we do hope that you do well in your lawsuits. Let, tell us what's, tell us what's going on. Well, all right. As you know, I have two cases against me right now. One, of course, being my former client, uh, uh, suing me for, 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 for hurting that case. 
um, by giving the testimony that they, you know, asked me to give. That one, my, my lawyer says, I have a, a pretty good shot at because, you know, they, again, they asked me to do it. They hired me specifically knowing uh, that I was talking about alternate realities, etc., etc. I was very forthcoming with, about all, all the things that I believe. So they knew all of this when they, they hired me. So there's a good chance that, you know, that I won't end up owing them lots of money. Um, on the other hand, the, the other, the other case, the, the, um, the criminal case, uh, saying that I was committing uh, perjury and an obstruction of justice, that's a little more uh, dangerous because, well, well, you see, it, basically that comes down to whether they believe the things that I'm saying. What do you mean? Well, Frank, it, 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 it turns out it, it's going to end up being that if, if I can persuade people that I was being earnest and honest about what I believed, they, they, they may say, all right, well, you know, he, he may have been obstructing justice in a sense, but he did it, uh, you know, because he believes the thing he believes. Uh, he did, he wasn't lying. Whereas if, if they are convinced that, um, the things I say are complete nonsense, which they are. No, but, but if they, well, it, yeah, no, they're not. But if they believe that they are, then I will, uh, probably, um, are you all right? Are you all right? Rory? Yes. Um, if they, if they believe the like, like you do, Frank, then I will, uh, probably go to jail. Jail? Wow. <laughs> and you're laughing about that too, yes. No, uh, no, Rory, sorry, Frank, Frank, that's not a funny thing to laugh about. Uh, sorry, Rory, no, we don't want you to go to jail. Well, no, Frank, we don't want him to go to jail. He's a friend of ours, and I think he's learned his lesson. I mean, it doesn't sound like you're going to try this business again, right? No, no, I mean, no, but... Uh, no. Well, uh, of course not. I mean, he's going to go to jail for it. Why would he do it again? Frank, no, he's, we don't, uh, we don't want him to go to jail. Yeah, uh, look, Jordan, I, I make my living now as an investigative reporter. Frank, you, you make your living as a supermarket worker. What, what are you talking well, about? No, I mean, my creative, my intellectual living. Uh, look, I, I do investigative interviews now. The whole purpose for me is to expose criminals and make sure that justice is served. So, to me, you know, I, I sort of feel like, yeah, if he, if he broke the law. Uh, you know, I, I, and here I thought that even though sometimes we, you know, disagree and have some animosity towards each other, that, that deep down we were friends and colleagues. Oh, I think you, I think you blew that one. No, I think, I think you blew that one just now when you're saying you want me to go to jail. I, no. Look, I've got it, it's fine. I've got a lawyer. It'll be fine. We're going to prove that that I do believe the things I say because I do believe the things I say. I don't make things up, and I I really do believe that there are these alternate realities. And all the things I said on the stand were absolutely true, one hundred percent true. So there's no reason to, to think of this as an obstruction of justice. Uh, it's 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 the truth. Well, no, because Rory, you did so. It was subterfuge. Whether it was true or not, there was subterfuge happening. It was not. Yes, there was, because you knew that you were talking about an alternate reality, but you were trying to make people think you were talking about this reality. So whether or not you believe that there's alternate realities doesn't really make a difference. You you were still trying to deceive. It was a deception. It was an obstruction of justice. That's not... No, that's not... No. No. Well, I mean, Rory, I, I think he's actually kind of right about that. So, I mean... Well, ho I mean, again, hopefully they won't know. That they won't realize. But we've, that. All, we've already established that the district attorney listens to the podcast. He's going to hear you say that, Frank. Well, you know, uh, again, sounds sounds like justice. Frank, don't say such things about your friend. You guys are basically friends for my sake. So I'm going to go to jail now. Well, no, Rory, it's not. Don't give up. No, it's it's really dangerous. I have to. I have to go. No, Rory, you can't leave. Okay. Well, Rory's in the bathroom now. Um, Frank. Yeah, Frank. 
Be nice to Rory. Come on. He's having a lot of trouble right now. Okay, yeah. Sorry. No, don't don't tell him about all the ways he's going to get screwed. Yeah, well, it's his own fault. We've already established it's his own fault. It doesn't matter. Well, let's get to the shows, I guess. Uh, this first show is Guard Duty. If you remember, the, the last thing we saw was a couple of uh, villains had taken over the Guard Tower. They had captured a couple members of the Earth Guard, and that's bad. So let's find out what happens. Uh, you know, does the Earth Guard deal with it? Do the villains kill all of the members of the Earth Guard? Well, you're just going to have to listen and find out. Here we go. The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, the Jack and Dr. Fast in Give or Take a Few. Good evening, friend. I've got a new addition to our menagerie. Let's see who's in residence. Dragon Drops, Suspiria, you're in pretty good company, Gassy. Ah, the Jack, hello. Who do we have here? It's our old pal Gas Mask. Not so tough at all once he's lost his namesake. Can't very well keep gassing people when he's not protected. (sighs) Does this guy ever shut up? Not that I've ever seen. You're much cuter without this big ugly mask on. Uh, cuter? You on the market for a supervillain love connection, Doc? Just get him into the cell. No problemo. Anything exciting happen up here? Where's Peace Blossom? Wasn't she supposed to be on duty with you? A couple of our enemies here tried to cause some trouble, but we put a stop to it. Disasters got away, so Peace Blossom went after her. I'm surprised you didn't go after her. You're much faster. Uh, why am I inside the cell? Because, you poor, simple moron. You're in for a world of misery. Suspiria! I'm sorry, Jack. I would have warned you if I could. Jesus Christ, is that your femur? I just need to get it set temporarily. I can correct it when we're out of this mess. I thought Captain Fantasy was the one who lived in the world of dreams. Face facts fast. You're fragged. And now, Jack, you get to watch helplessly while we sacrifice these four-year-olds to the gods of chaos. (laughs) What? What? Oh my god. No. Oh god, no! No! God! You turned down the volume Please on that one. No problem. Uh, what is his deal with children? Maybe he's some kind of sicko. He's not. They're just his weakness. Even when he knows he's up against me, knows I can make him see whatever I want, it still gets him every time. Chop off a kid's head, tear out a heart, he's a wreck. Nice! And you don't even have to hear the brat scream! Nope. Here's your mask back, but I wouldn't mind you keeping it off. Gotta wear it. It is my image. Is the rest of the costume optional? Excuse me. Oh, relax. There's always going to be a place in my heart for you, little guy. You bitch. Hey, hey, I am not looking to step on anyone's toes here. I'm just happy to not be locked up again. I owe you both. Damn right you do. I'm Dragon Drop. I, of course, am Susperia. You can pay me back anytime. Maybe you should just take off. 
pal. We got things running real smooth. Nonsense! The more the merrier. You never know when one of those bastards might give us trouble. We could use someone so strong. Uh, hello. I can lift anything, remember. So, who do you have locked up here? Ah, I'll give you the nickel tour. You were kind enough to bring us the jack. No! Bobby, run! You can... And you've seen Dr. Fast. Too, too old. I can't, I can't move. So, fa- so fast, I'm too, too old, too old. I, I can't remember. Over here, we have Peas Blossom and Binary Girl. No, I'm not. No, take Mama, it back. I'm not. It's I'm not. not okay. It's not what you I'm thought. Not. It was just, I, I was just, my back was sore. We're a couple of big lesbos. Really? Apparently. I'd believe it. The last cell just has the other binary girl. Nothing too interesting there. And that's our collection so far. What do you think? Impressive. So how many are you missing? Five more? Four. Captain Fantasy, Voodoo Lady, Broadband, ugh, and the Stallion. Ocean Man got kicked off the team. He did? Yeah, where the hell have you been? He's not really the king of Atlantis. So? So they kicked him off. Why? That guy was tough! Yeah, too bad he's not here. Maybe you could kiss his butt for him. I am just saying I had trouble with him. Gas doesn't exactly affect water. I seem to remember him shorting out your knickknacks a couple of times. Once. One time. I made sure it would never happen again. But you wound up in the powerhouse again, somehow. I'm surprised they even bothered putting you in there. Without your gases, you're just some chump. And if I tore those implants off your body, you'd just be some cripple. Oh, say that again. What is your problem? Boys, boys. I'm flattered that you're fighting over little old me, but there's no reason we can't work together to our ends. You get the hell off me. I'll work with this jackass until we get the Earth Guard. Then it's over. I go my way, you go yours. And if I ever see you again after that... It'll be the last thing you ever see. What the hell is... The teleporter. One of them is coming. Okay, quick. I'll be Dr. Fast, Gas Mask, you be the Jack. The Jack? Do I have to? He's so annoying. What about me? Shh. You're invisible. No, if it were up to me... Oh, what do I care about the moon? You could have it. It's just a big, dumb, ugly rock anyway. <gasps> How dare you speak of my home in that way? Mr. Fahrenheit, you forgot about him. What? Forgot who? Nothing, nothing. You know the Jack. Always talking total nonsense. Except when he's playing Scrabble. I caught this little woman trying to break into the space shuttle launch site. Taxis won't drive where she's going to. Ha! 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 I'm using. Jack! Huh? Oh, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm so stupid and silly. Did someone drop you morons on your heads? Head schmeds, piece of breads, wookie wookie, boo boo! That's enough. Sorry. Are you guys okay? We're completely fine. Why don't you just put her in her cell? Actually, she said she had to go to the bathroom. So we're gonna let her use the uh, main one, since she's a girl and all. I am no girl. I am a queen. Okay, this is retarded. Hey, look here! What? Well, uh, that smells sort of... Well, that takes all the fun out of it. I don't find it fun pretending to be a retard. You should have had dragon droppings do it. What'd you say? What's going on here? We're destroying the Earth Guard, taking them apart piece by piece. Care to join us? As long as the moon is mine when we're through. I doubt you'll get any fight there. Welcome, Lady Luna, to the Vengeance Squad. That's what we're called? Huh?
Guard Duty by Jordan D. White with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator Angela Tymon as Peas Blossom Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl Daniel Schwartz as Dr. Fast Magdalena Richards as Disastrous Daniel Schwartz as Dragon Drop Ava Rosenblatt as Suspiria Jordan D. White as The Jack Elijah Weberham as Mr. Fahrenheit Brian LaRanger as Gas Mask Kate Slutwinski as Lady Luna With theme song by Michael D. Mikowski And that was Guard Duty. Um, thank you for listening to it. Hopefully you dug it. And you'll have to keep listening for further adventures of The Vengeance Squad. Should we change the name of the show to Vengeance Duty? No. No, I don't think you should. No, I was, it was a joke. Um, Rory's back. Welcome back, Rory. Yes, thank you. Yes. Are you feeling any better? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, look, I, I called my lawyer and he says, he assures me that, uh, there's not going to be any trouble. We're going to, we're going to get through this and it's going to be, uh, good. It's going to be good. We're going to work out in the, in the long run. And if, if I win the criminal case, no troubles, no troubles at all. So, well, good, good. Scape, uh, did you want to, uh, comment on this? You haven't said anything about this. We've talked a little bit about this legal trouble. What is legal trouble? Well, okay. Basically, I mean, it's like there, the, Everybody sets down rules. We all kind of agree upon rules that uh, everybody, all the people have to abide by. And if you break one of the rules, you know, there's like a trial to see if, if you broke the rules. Well, you just said that they did break the rules. Well, for, uh, if somebody thinks you broke the rules, whether they you did or not, they, they can't quite tell if you've broken the rules. And then they have a trial. If they can prove that you did break the rules, then you get punished. And if you, I mean, okay, it's like this. Um, imagine you're not allowed to knock over and break glasses, right? Yes, I am. No, you're not. You're not allowed to. If you, we get really mad at you. Well, I could though. Yeah, but you should. You shouldn't. There's a rule. That's a. That's what I'm saying. There's rules that everybody has to follow. But I'm not going to follow the rules. Well, then you're going to get punished. Look, that that's look. Okay, what are what is a rule that you you have to go to the bathroom in your box? Why would I want to go to the bathroom not in my box? Well, you wouldn't. But if you let's say you did do that, then that would be against the rules. And I'd go, let, oh man, somebody went to the bathroom outside of the box. Who did it? And we'd investigate and we'd find out we thought it was you. And then we'd try to, well, we wouldn't have a trial in the house. Okay. Look, just they're, he, they're accusing Rory of breaking the rules. If they decide that he broke the rules, he gets punished. That's all there is to it. Okay. You're, it's your thing. You know, can we still talking about this actually? Um, yes. Sorry. Yes. Fine. Uh, let's move on. I mean, you can tell us more next week about it. Um, what, what is going on with it. You can keep us up. Anyway, um, so, Rory, speaking of Rory, yes, uh, you've got something else you need to tell us about, right? Yes, uh, what happened today in history, for example. Excellent, excellent. Let's go right to it. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On August 11th, 1984, as he prepared for his weekly radio address, President Reagan was asked to do a mic check. Reagan obliged, declaring, My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. My fellow Americans. Yeah? I'm pleased to tell you that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. All right, great. Uh, that gives me just enough time to have sex with this uh, young girl. But that's my granddaughter. Hello. 
But yeah, she sure is grand. Hey, a Reagan hey granddaughter, sport. do you want to have sex with this presidential advisor? Okay. Well, she's willing. Go ahead. All right. I'll be out in five. Legal advisor. Legal advisor. Get over here. Yes, sir. Um, I just sent my five-year-old granddaughter to have sex with a strange man. This is great. He looked, he looked like he was at least 40. Was that legal? Um, under no circumstance. Uh-oh. Looks like scandal. Whee! I'll need to put up a good publicity front. I'll just release that joke mic check and everyone will have a laugh and forget about my, my very young granddaughter having sex with a creepy 40-year-old man. Hey, everybody, listen to this mic check I just recorded. I'm gonna have war with Russia. They're outlawed. My granddaughter's not here. Listening. <laughs> What's funny? That was a very, very distasteful story, deliberately designed to teach you the moral that even if an underage person is willing to have sex, it's still a crime. This is This Day in History, and we're sorry. And yes, we are still very sorry. This is Rory Sinjin with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And for legal purposes, I think I should start by telling you that the woman who played that five-year-old granddaughter was in fact over the age of 18 and completely legal for pretending to have sex with an old man. And in addition for legal purposes, I should say that they didn't even have sex, so even if she was a five-year-old, what we did wouldn't have been illegal. We weren't trying to entice people into liking having sex with children. No, in fact, we were trying to warn against it. And even if the child is in fact 100% willing, as that child was, although like I said, it wasn't a child and they weren't actually having sex, so it didn't actually matter. Yes! After Reagan's subterfuge, where he released the, the tape, to cover up the fact that his granddaughter was having sex with a 40-year-old man and he had allowed it, his granddaughter was traumatized for all time. Yes, even though she was willing and she became a psychotic killer and stalked the White House, killing everyone. It, it was it was like a horror movie, actually. She turned off the lights of the White House and everyone was like, oh, 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 and she would just stalk through the house wearing a mask that looked like a chicken, you know, killing them. And everyone was like, oh my God, who, who is the chicken killer? Who is the chicken killer? And it was the granddaughter because she was so upset and traumatized that she, you know, felt she had to act out by killing everyone. The point is that underage children should not be had sex with, even if they say they're willing. It's against the law. This is Rory Sinjin with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Wow. Wait, now before before you say anything, I just want to point out that that was probably the most horrific and offensive episode of this day in history ever. Now, that's not to say I don't stand behind its message. It has a good message. But the things that happen in it are reprehensible, I freely admit. And, um, you know, I don't I don't advocate having sex with children, even to prove a point. That's why, as I said, it wasn't really a child, and we weren't actually having sex. It was all pretend. Okay. Uh, that was... That was horrifying. So it was, but it was only pretend. It, it, was, it wasn't real. Well, hold, actually, hold on. You're saying it's only pretend. I mean, all of them are only pretend, but you have always maintained that in another reality, it's absolutely true, correct? Well, well yes, but I... I didn't make that reality. I we just you know I mean discovered it by by doing this 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 pretend bit. But I mean yes, that there is a reality where where the president really did have his his granddaughter to do that. And in that world, there was actual child abuse happening. Well, I mean, I mean yes, but but again, I didn't. I'm not, I don't advocate that. It was wrong, and that's why it, in a way it's good that Ronald Reagan was punished by having her you know stalk and kill everyone in the White House. It, it, it all worked out in the end, comically speaking. Well, not really. I mean, because the damage was already done. I mean, realistically speaking, if she killed everybody in the White House, first of all, I doubt everyone in the White House was responsible. And second of all, you know, she probably goes to jail or something. So, wait, okay. God, is that the, this, this, laughing? The guy let his daughter do something bad, and then he got punished by, by a killer? That's breaking the law and, and paying for it? Well, 
No, not exactly. Not exactly. Because it wasn't like a legal proceeding that said, you, we sentence you to being stalked and killed by the chicken killer. Are you sure? Well, I mean, no, but I mean, Rory could tell us. Rory, is that what happened? No, that's not what happened. No, it wasn't a legal proceeding. It was, she, there was afterwards uh, a legal proceeding against her, um, but they proved she she was not guilty by by insanity, of course. There, there. So that's well, that's not a good example of a trial either, because she didn't she did it and she didn't get punished for it. I like that one. I like when I do something wrong and I don't get punished. Well, that's not how it's gonna work. Okay, look. Uh, let's keep going, Frank. Uh, th- your this is your only your only contribution to the show today. An episode of Debatatorium. Yes, uh, it is a Debatatorium, and this is going to be uh one of the second round of debates where there's uh slightly more fun topics. Uh, but we have two returning debaters, and we get to find out who gets to move on to the next. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Debatatorium 2006. My name is Frank Allen. Uh, this is, of course, the second episode of the second round of debating, working towards finding who the debatiator of the year is. Uh, and of course, so that means we have two returning debaters here with us tonight. Uh, debater number one, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, why, hello, I'm Roland Thomas. I'm representing the Log Cabin Republicans. Thank you for coming back. Uh, thank you for coming back. Fresh off your victory, uh, proving that um, torture was was bad. Right, of course. I cannot be stopped. And um, uh, also, uh, debater number two. Yeah. Please introduce yourself again. I'm Alice Wilcox. <laughs> now, interestingly, Mr. Thomas, now we're not debating this, but you may be shocked to learn that uh, Miss Wilcox did prove to us that uh, homosexual marriage is okay. Oh, well, I don't know how she could prove that because it's obviously a lie. I mean, we can empirically prove that with uh, the Bible. Well, unfortunately, you weren't here for the, that debate, so we did settle that, that issue. But we do have a whole new issue uh, to debate today, uh, and it's a pretty intense one. Uh this is one that's been going on for, I would probably guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 60 years. Uh, maybe a little bit more, actually. Uh, and the debate, of course, is uh, who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman? And as all, all of us know, uh, Mr. Thomas believes that Superman would win, and uh, Alice Wilcox believes that Batman would win. Now... Again, we, we are find ourselves kind of troubled in that neither of these are in a for and against side. So uh, we'll just have uh, debater number one begin us uh, telling us why Superman would win in a fight. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear that he stands for truth, justice and the American way. Um, my only discrepancy with Superman is that he was an illegal alien. Um, but he is he, he unlike the others, he has worked hard and he's definitely done a, a great deal. Uh, for the earth, basically, um, in the name of America and neoconservative values. I'm sorry, did you say Superman represents neoconservative values? Of course. Interesting. In what way? Well, if one thing, he, he, you know, he can fly around, he does whatever he wants all over the world. If he, if he, if he doesn't like a Nazi, he'll punch him in the face. That's the kind of value that I'm talking about. And that's the kind of, of, of tough, gritty, American, compassionate conservatism that you need to take over the world and beat the crap out of Batman. <laughs> now you think that's humorous? Uh, What's so funny? Don't you like America, you commie? Yeah, I like America. Go ahead, tell us. I just did. Tell us what you think of the... Now, you're you're in favor of Batman in this debate. Yes! Why is that? <sighs> Come on. All Batman has to do to defeat Superman is have some kryptonite. Now, are you still on medication? Yes. What kind was it again? I have been prescribed Valium by my doctor for my anxiety. Okay. Um, but you think that Superman would lose because Batman would have kryptonite? And he's gay. 
I'm sorry, Batman's gay? No, no, no. Superman is so gay. Is that true? Yes. Where are you getting that information? I don't re- remember hearing that ever. What? Where are you getting that information? Look at him. What she means is that the liberal media is basically brainwashing her to think that he is gay. No, no. Batman is hot. Superman's gay. Doesn't he have a girlfriend? Uh, who he can't have the thingy with than do. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So you're saying he, because he can't um, have relations with his girlfriend, he's gay. Yes. By that logic, anyone who's not having sex with a woman is gay. Unless they're a woman. Unless they're a woman, in which case they are gay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see where this goes. Uh, we do actually have an expert on the line who I think uh, has something really important to say about this debate. Yes, hello, I'm Inga Waterston. Nice to, nice to hear from you. Thank you. I'm from the Human Rights Campaign. Okay. I'm actually calling in uh, in regards to the, the status of Superman that we've been discussing. Uh, whether or not he's a homosexual. Yes, um, we have records that he is. Oh, uh... I'm sorry, and what kind of records are those? Records about superheroes and whether or not they're gay. Uh, where I'm sorry, where do you get these? Ra- I don't understand. We have a very large radar gun on the top of our building, our headquarter building. Uh-huh. And we can pick these things up. Whether or not people are gay. Yes. Mostly superheroes, it's a little easier. Um, they radiate a certain aura whenever they use their powers. Um, but yes. Uh, so the sheer people... force of their gayness. Yes. Interesting. Um, well, uh, I don't know. Does this change your opinion, uh, Mr. Uh, Thomas? Uh, no, not at all. For one thing, I, I can guarantee that this ray gun has been funded personally by George Soros, okay, and Michael Moore. And it's it's very clear that Superman is not gay. Because let me tell you, as a log cabin Republican, I have secretly had sex with every powerful gay man in this world. And I can tell you that I've never had sex with Superman. Superman is not a man. He's an alien. Oh. Mr. Allen. You lose. Yes, yes. Yes, unfortunately, I I can't stay on the phone very long, but I I don't know what this means for your lovely debate, uh, but I would like to add that Batman is as well. Batman's gay too? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Is there any heroes who you don't think are gay? Um... We're not really allowed to disclose that information. So, in other words, no. Okay, it sounds like your your gun may be misfun- misfunctioning. No, here. We we have the records, but that's that violates our. You just told us policy. that two of them were gay. To tell you who isn't violates our confidentiality okay. policy. Let me put it this way, then: if I were to ask you a list of everyone who was gay, would it include everyone? No, I got some. You got some what? Captain Fantasy is he gay? No. Come on, come on. You just on. told him that they wasn't. I, look, you're you're. Trying to get me to prove this. So you just, no. you just, okay, look. This Thank the, you for calling. I, and I, it sounds like I don't know that we can trust your, your radar. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Please, uh, you, you want to know, Frank? I do. The, the, the reason why is because this is the kind of gay bashing that you can expect from the liberal loony left. I'm sorry, you're saying the, the left is gay bashing? Oh, certainly. How's that? Well, you know, you know, for one thing, it's a big deal if, you know, a bunch of pages, play a little prank on you know, congressmen, and then, the, you know, the next thing you know, it, gays everywhere. It, and really, it, you know, we know that, that, that while gays can be a huge problem if they do marry, otherwise they are rather impotent as, as far as, uh, you know, affecting the global economy. So Okay, so I'm sorry, you're saying that... No, I don't know what you're saying. Impotent! You're saying that... <laughs> you're saying that... <laughs> you're, I think you're alluding... You're I think you're alluding to now... To Mark Foley in some way. Uh, well, yeah, but 
But, you know, really, let's let's get back on track here. What it comes down to, Superman, uh-huh. laser eye beams. Uh-huh. I mean, really, it, it's it's like the laser-guided missiles that America's conquering the world with. I mean, we could see right then and there that, in practice, laser eye beams could easily defeat a man in a bat suit. I mean, that's true, because he could laser him from miles away, Miss Wilcox. No, a scriptonite wouldn't even affect him. He sent it in the mail. No, that's a good point, too. So now she's supporting terrorism. Well, in a way, it Not does Not me, sound- Batman! You're supporting Batman being a terrorist. I didn't say I supported Batman. He just beat Superman in a fight. Okay, so in other words, you're saying the terrorists have won. What? Is that your position? The terrorists have won or will win, is what you're saying. What? Uh, well, we do have an expert who I think wants to say something about this. Hi. Hi My there. name's Bridget. Hello, Bridget. Uh, nice to hear from you. I'll, I live on a farm. Oh, uh, that's interesting. We got bats there a while back. Uh-huh. One of them bit my little brother. Uh-huh. He got the rabies. I'm sorry. We ate the bat. You ate the bat? We ate the bat. That's disgusting. <laughs> now, did, so does that mean you think bat... Did you become... Uh, I'm sorry, did you develop bat powers in any way? It wasn't me. It was my little brother. Well, you ate the bat, though. No. Did he develop any bat powers? No. Okay. Uh, d- have you ever read Batman comics? No. Have you ever read Superman comics? I don't know what you're talking about, Who would mister. win in a fight between Batman and Superman? I don't know, but we had bats a while back. Did they win? One of them at my brother. Did it Did it win? Well, he went crazy in the head because of the rabies. All right, well, th- to me, okay, now, let me interpret. Sounds to me like we have a bat versus a farm boy. The bat seems to have won. Yes! So that seems to support Miss Wilcox. But what we... At- we ate the bat. Well, Ain't you been listening to what I said? But the farm boy went crazy. So you're saying it's a draw? Well, we, we, we had to throw throw my brother in the river. All right. Well, then the bat won. But we ate the bat. But that, you but- don't listen, boy, do you? All right. Well, thank you, Bridget. And I hope that you don't die. Just a, just a moment, Bridget. Okay, yes? so suppose that a John Deere tractor is Superman, okay? What's a tractor? We don't use plows out here. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you a migrant farm worker? No. Okay, so... Uh, I done lived on this right. mountain my whole I'm life. Confused. Maybe maybe the maybe the, the tractor... I'm sorry, maybe Superman is a, a very strong ox. Who's Superman? He's like a strong ox. And we Batman got is... ox. We All got... Right. Bridget, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I I don't think I can help you here, uh, but I do appreciate your vote. I don't need your, your help, son. Okay, I'm appreciating your vote of confidence for Batman. I um, I didn't support this bat thing. We have another. We have another expert. I think bat who does want to say something. My brother. About. All right, Bridget. Thank you. Uh, yes. Um. Hello. I'm uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yes. Oh, good to hear from you. Uh, the big red it, cheese. Yeah, yeah. Captain Big Red Cheese. Yeah, I'm me. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, I'm. I, I, what? No, I think I'm, I'm a superhero. Nah. Um. Now you wanted to just, say something well, about this. This whole debate. It's. It's. It's sort of not fair because. Um. If If Batman and Superman are fine, and I read the um comics. And I'll I'll have my own again soon. I I promise. Okay. Um. And Batman likes Superman, but, but they wouldn't fight. But if they did, I would win. I'm sorry, I, you I, would win. I, yeah. Why is that? Because I've got a wizard. Okay. 
And uh, you know, I, I can say him. Go ahead. And anybody, if I say him, I get strong. I, I get to win the fight. Go ahead. I'm the strongest man. Win the wizard. I don't believe in this wizard. Yes, I don't I don't either. I don't think that some Wiccan is going to overcome not the a strength, Wiccan. strong he, Christian values of no, Superman. But the seven deadly enemies of man, they're the same, somebody told me, as the seven sins. So in other it's words. It's like Christian, except he's God, but he's real. Satan's lies. No, I Black Adam is saying I wear red, but I'm good, now and I get the evils. I don't know about this. I don't yes. know about this. And what she said, it was all tractor fiction. I'm real. I'm a superhero. Okay, now and I know I would win. Are, is this a I prank know call? I would win. No, I'm Captain Marvel. All right. I, is he I crying? Know the Marvel family. I'm crying. I'm all right. All right. All right. All right. All right, Billy. Uh, we have up. another. We have another caller. <laughs> I finally cornered you, Batman. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's this? I filled the studio with my deadly smile. No, I'm gas. sorry. Uh, okay, uh, is this the Joker? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I think you misheard. Batman's not in the studio. Oh well, I'll kill all of you then. Oh uh, no. That's- <laughs> That's not necessary. I can stop you. I'm a superhero. Uh, Oh, it's you. Go away, Billy. (laughs) You might want to say that wizard thing, please. No? Okay. I guess we're left alone. Oh, the wizard. Uh, Shazam! All right. Goodbye, Joker. (laughs) No, I laugh. (laughs) No, I laugh. (laughs) I like her. Hello, Mr. Hey, what are you doing later? I'm sorry. Uh, who do I have in here now? Uh, this is Inga again. Inga again. Yes, from HRC. I, I don't want to take up a lot of your time on the no. show. I just thought that you might be interested to know that we did just reprogram our uh, Gadar gun on on headquarters. And I would like to let you know that it scanned all of you. Um, and okay. it has chosen um I, i'm sorry i forget the the male debater's name uh, mr thomas mr thomas yes uh is in fact gay um as no, we is, knew that as is the bat that bit uh that farmer lady's brother okay and i always knew the bat was gay <laughs> as is the joker um, why else would he hang around with that little boy in those red tights Captain Marvel and you, sir, are in fact not. That is correct. Just thought I'd let you know. Thank Very you. Very interesting. Thank you. I, I told you I, I'm a superhero. I yeah. thought you turned into a Captain Marvel. Of course I'm gay. Why else would I wear purple all the time? Are you people stupid? I, I turned into, but I, I, I ran out. Oh. Hi, M- Mr. Allen? Oh, good. It's Bridget. This is Bridget again. Yes. I, I just heard that lady say that the bat that bit my brother was gay, that, and, and I ate it. Does that mean I got the gay, too? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, yes it does. What, what do I do? So you like to eat strange animals, little girl? Eat the smiling fish. <laughs> Be, be, being a long cabin Republican, I can tell you that when I was first bitten by a gay bat and became gay myself, but it that did only... bit me. I ate it. I bit it. Oh, okay. well, in that case, then the only way to really cure it is to behead yourself, stuff your head with garlic cloves, and then bury it during a full moon. But if I'm beheaded, I can't stuff nothing. And don't that sound like crazy Satan no, stuff? Uh, okay. That- I'm, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand. Are, are you saying you beheaded yourself and stuffed yourself with... But no, I, I'm still gay right now. I haven't cured myself of that ailment as of yet. Oh. So... All right, well, I, you know what? gay! I, okay, uh, thank you. Because bat bit him? I'd like no to... No wonder you don't like Batman! Okay, I'd like to thank... Uh, uh, um, um, Inga and Billy and Thanks. Joker. <laughs> S- 
killing your interns, Frank. <laughs> well, as long you can kill the ones who booked uh, Bridget. Especially. Too late, they're dead. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. No, I'm gonna stop you. And uh, hey. thank you, Bridget. I guess, uh, but we do have to go to our uh, final uh, arguments. So, uh, Mr. Thomas, why don't you bring it home? Talk about why Superman would win this uh, fight. Okay, well, well, Superman would very clearly win because he's got Moxie. He believes in the American dream. He went from being a poor farm boy to uh, a journalist who flies around and does whatever he wants, and there's never any consequences for it. And that's the kind of thing that my party stands for. And you know that if Superman bites you, there's a pretty good chance it's not going to turn you gay. Okay. These are all strong points, but I do want to say, now, what specifically would he do to Batman to beat him? Uh, well, Batman, he would probably bend him over, pull down his pants. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you said he wasn't gay, so. No, no, no. This would be for the spanking. Oh, okay. That's And then the torture. Oh, I'm sorry, torture? Yes. I thought torture was not right. No, well, no it's not, but I mean, it, not to be used for punishment. You know, it's it's good if you use it for pleasure. <laughs> and, um, of course, uh, Miss uh, Wilcox, why don't you tell us, uh, uh, give us the Batman side of the argument here. This man has a vendetta against Batman because he was bit by a gay bat that made him the gay. Okay. But how Batman, does that... dude. Yeah. Have you seen the newer Batman movies? I've seen, I've seen them. Yeah. He's a badass. He's got leather, and this, this guy, this Superman. Yeah. <laughs> he wears spandex. Spandex, Frank. I've heard of it, but why does I don't understand why leather beats spandex? Because it's immune to kryptonite. Spandex. It's a gimp no. mask. It's a gay gimp mask. The Batman's mask? Yes. Is that true? Yeah, and those glasses are a great disguise. Okay, but now you're getting personal about it. We just want to know who would win in a fight. What is Batman going to do to beat him? Batman's got great toys. I know. That's a very interesting fact. Uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> I have <laughs> to tell you, um, it may be my own personal bias, but uh, I do believe Batman would win. Now, I don't really want to give Miss Wilcox the credit for that because she didn't really say much. What? But I do think Batman would win. And her point about him, because I think what would happen is about five months before Batman uh, and Superman fought, Batman would have made the package of kryptonite that he mailed to his house and said, do not open for five months. And then right before the fight, Superman would open the package and die. So so Superman, Superman loses and Batman wins. Well, here's a conspiracy theory for you. Okay. Frank. Okay. Um, five minutes before the show, you're walking through the parking lot. Okay. Um, it's late at night. There's a few bugs flying around you. Okay. And um, a bat comes and it bites you. Okay. Um, so now you're gay. No, I'm not gay. We have proof, scientific proof. I don't, I, I don't believe in science. But I have faith that you were bitten by a gay bat. Well, and, and that's exactly why you sided with Batman. I'm, you know, the American people know I'm right. Well, Mr. Mr. Thomas, if that's true, um, maybe we'll be getting some calls that are sad that you lost. But unfortunately for you, Miss Wilcox did win, which means, Miss Wilcox, you'll be going on to the next round. And possibly going for the title uh, of the uh, Debateator of the Year. But <laughs> Debateator. That'll be in a few weeks. Uh, so next week, we'll come back, we'll come back uh, and we'll have the final round. I'm sorry, the final debate of the second round. And uh, hopefully you'll all stick around for that. It should be lots of fun. Thank you for listening to Debatatorium 2006. My name is Frank Allen. Good night. That episode of Debatatorium featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Charles Berman, Guinevere Eckert, Patrick Ganan, Lynn Nelson, 
Angela Tyman, Elijah Weberhan, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Rory. And let's move right along with things. We now go on to the Scape interview. Uh, actually, Scapey interview. Scape, Scapey interview, uh, which is replacing the Frank Allen interview. Now, Scape, uh, you, so you did an interview, right? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Excellent, excellent. Now, who did you interview? Well... I chose to interview uh, Frank Allen because what? he's no, uh, Frank. What? What? No, Scape. This was like a punishment for Frank, and you, Frank. How you're taking advantage of Scape's good nature? You probably told him to interview you, didn't you? No. Well, he suggested it. Well, okay, I suggested it, but I didn't. I mean, he didn't have to. He could have interviewed anybody. Frank, you're a jerk. Oh. Well, look. It wasn't a good interview anyway, so... Frank, that's not the point. It was supposed to be... It was a week where it was going to be Scape doing his own thing, and then you try to usurp it. Well, fine. Let's listen to this Scapey interview. Hopefully everybody will have a nice time, even though Frank's a jerk. Oh. Scapey Interviews! Starring Scape White. Hello, everybody. My name is Scapey, and I am doing an interview, because... Well, because my dad wanted me to, so I said, okay. Um, I'm a cat, so you know. Um, I'm, like, awesome, and I'm gray, and, uh, that's about all you need to know. So, uh, this is going to be an interview, and, uh, it's going to be good. Um... You should just start anyway. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, th- what, I, what I did was... Just introduce your guest. Yeah, okay. What I did was, uh, for my first interview, I'm going to be interviewing... Interviewing a guy. His name is Frank Allen. Okay, he's a radio uh, guy, and he does like host things and some other things. And you're gonna say 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 hello to me. What? You gotta say you gotta say hello. You know, say welcome. So. Oh, okay. Um. Well, uh, welcome, Frank Allen. Thank you very much. Um. Yes, my name is Frank Allen. Um. As he said, I'm a radio host. Uh. In some capacity. I, I have hosted uh, debate shows, and also uh, now I do interview shows, like this one. Very, very much like this one, in fact. Yes. Uh, you do those for my dad, right? Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I it's more like I do them, and I let him use them on his show. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you wasn't for the show, you'd do nothing. Right now, you're doing nothing. Well, yeah. Oh, okay, but uh, well, right now, I'm doing your show. You're, you're interviewing me. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to have some questions for you. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. First question. Um, what do you think is the best kind of moist food? Hmm? Moist food. No, I mean, what? What is the best kind of moist food? Okay, uh, moist food is like food that has, like, moist... No, I know what... I guess, okay, you're talking about cat food, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the best-selling one at my store is probably, uh, probably... But, you know, I've never, I don't eat it. Well, you're missing out. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of good moist food. But I will tell you the best kind. The best kind is chicken. The beef kind is okay. And the salmon is okay, but chicken is better. Okay. So, no score so far. What? You didn't get it right. You got it wrong. But, no, it's supposed to be like an in- an interview. No, it's about questions. Okay, next question. Next question. Question two. What is my favorite color? Well... Okay, no, but that's not an interview question. It's it's like a, that's like it's, a, I'm doing the interview, so I get to do interview questions. <sighs> Your favorite color is gray. I know because one time we did a little conversation where we talked about our favorite colors. Correct. You get one point so far out of possible two. So no, not very good. Only fifty percent. 
Okay, next question. The next question is, what am I going to do after the interview? Oh, how am I supposed to know what you're going to be doing after the interview? I, I don't even know hey, how... that's the question, you know. You can answer it or not. But if you don't answer, you don't get any points. I don't write these questions. I just ask them when they come to my head. Oh, this is so pointless. Uh, okay, let me think. What do I, what do I know about you? You, you like to... You're, you're going to go to sleep, aren't you? Oh, you got it. Okay, uh, that's a, that's a lot. You got two out of three. Okay, uh, next question is... Will you give me some moist food? No. Wrong. You got it wrong. Well, I'm not going to. No, I didn't get it wrong because I'm not going to give you any. So I was right. No, I'm not going to. No, but you got it wrong because the answer is supposed to be yes. If you said yes, it would have been right. So zero, well, zero more. You got two out of four. Next question. Question number five is going to be, um, who is stronger, me or Burbell? The other cat, who's not as strong as me. Well, that, you just, you gave it away. It's obviously supposed to be you, because you said she wasn't as strong. Correct! You got it! So that's three. Three out of five. Okay, that's pretty good so far. Uh, you just got to more than half. Final question. No, but this, again, this final question, but it's not an interview. Final question is, what is the proper way to eat moist food? What? No, how am I supposed to? I don't eat moist food. That's the question. So, like I said. Yeah, but you're making the questions up. You know, you're supposed to ask, in an interview, you're supposed to ask about my life. No, I'm asking about things I want to know about. What is the proper way to eat moist food? What is the proper procedure and order? You know, okay, this is this is totally stupid. Hey, I got rewarded interview. You got takeaway interview. You lost the interview. Interview goes my way. Do you give up? Fine. Okay. Uh, the best way to eat it is, um, you know, uh, stand over your bowl and just chow it down as fast as possible. Uh, no, you got it wrong. So the correct answer was to first you have to lick. Off all the juice for the meat juice. Then you eat all of the chunks of meat. Then you you rake the can if there's a can, and you rake the whole thing. Then you go to Bluebell's plate in the kitchen and you eat hers. Then you clean yourself. Done. <sighs> you know this. This is stupid. This is not an interview. This is a quiz. It's a it's a bogus cat quiz that is dumb. Well, guess what? You've lost, so you got an F for failure. So, okay. Thank you, Frank. You didn't get any prize, so go on away. You really stink at this. No, I'm, I don't. You stink. Well, okay. Thanks. Thanks for interviewing me, Scape. Uh... Maybe next week I'll show you how a real interview is done. No, you don't have to, I know. So, okay, thank you all for listening to Scapey Interviews. Uh, well, what else? My name's Scapey. Uh, maybe I'll do another interview. No, you're not going to do another. I might do another interview, so, okay. Uh, this was the end of it, and goodbye. Okay, Scape. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Frank's... Kind of right. What? That wasn't an interview. That was a, that was like a quiz. You were quizzing him. Dad. No, I, I, I mean, you, interview you are supposed to ask about him. Dad, I've listened to all of Frank's interviews, and all he does is ask them questions. 
And that's what I did. No, yes, but Scape, you're not supposed to ask questions that you know the answer to and, and, and grade them on them. You're supposed to ask questions that you want to know the answer to. Like if I was interviewing Frank Allen, I would ask him about what's it like to be an interviewer? What's it like to be a debate person? You know, tell us about your job at the, at the supermarket. You know, you learn stuff about them and you, you, you're trying to get the listener to learn stuff through what you're asking and the answers that they're giving. Well, they did learn stuff. They learned what's the best Morse food. They learned how to eat it. They learned that Frank Allen doesn't know the answer to a lot of questions. No, that's not the kinds of stuff. They're supposed to, okay. Look, Scape, you're going to do another interview. Try to do a real interview. Figure out techniques. I mean, this is, you can't do another quiz show. Do an interview. Let's move along. Um, next up, we've got Epic Echoes, the backward series. Um, we're in season two of Epic Echoes, so hopefully everybody will have a nice time digging it. Here we go. series season two episode two crash and burn by guinevere eckert it was tuesday morning slimer was dead the empress of alter earth was forever encased in time jimmy was the president-elect of the united states of america and still couldn't tie his own tie there was a newly made bust of said president-elect sitting in san francisco waiting to be picked up and the flash pack thought that that was the worst of their problems please max i promise it'll only take a few hours but I promised Jimmy that I'd help him get ready for his speech. Max, his speech isn't even for another two days. All we have to do is fly out to San Francisco, fly there, take a ride on one of those historical trolley things, get the bust, which, by the way, is too bloody heavy for me to lift by myself, thanks to you men and your bigger as manlier complex, and fly back. We'll be back before the 10 o'clock news. I don't know. I'll have to make sure Jimmy will be okay without me. Okay without you? The kid's going to be ruler of a country, Max! Him, not you! I think he'll be fine for a few hours without you to babysit him. Keen, Slaughter, and Fritchers entered the room. Slaughter was attempting to get the whole crew in one spot to work out logistics. Keen and Fritchers were looking for some quality entertainment. Max refuses to help me pick up Jimmy's inauguration present because he needs to stay behind and tie the president's shoelaces for him. I'll go pick up the bust with you, Drowris. <laughs> God, you men are so useless! I suppose I should go after her. Good luck with the groveling. Way to make things go smoothly, Furface. Look, it's not my fault that Drowdus has bodacious tatas. <laughs> oh, gross! How about try for someone that's maybe your own genus? I'm not having this conversation. Meet me back in the ship in ten minutes. I'm going to find Molly. Slaughter wandered the halls of the White House looking for Molly. If you can call being dogged by three Secret Service officers wandering. She finally found her in the second floor bathroom. Okay, now try it yourself. <coughs> like this? If you feel the need to asphyxiate yourself, yes. But I highly recommend that you, you know, not do that. Seeing as we spent so much of the past year helping make sure you got this job and not Marsh. Are you sure? I mean, well, I suppose I shouldn't even joke about it. Probably not. 
but you should definitely try smiling more often. And don't worry, if you do screw up your speech, rest assured that we'll be there to back you up. And then tease you about it for the rest of your life. Thanks for the unwavering support there, Jill. No problem, Jimbo. Anyway, Molly, I'm calling a meeting out in the ship. Jimmy, feel free to join us. I'd like to, but I need to go run my speech past the Chief Justice. Not before I see you tie that tie correctly, young man. Three tries later, Jimmy had a tie tied well enough to meet even Von Wicked's standards, and the two girls left him alone and trekked across the White House lawn to the flash-packed Saladonian catship. Slaughter squeezed her way through the groove into this too-small vessel and plunked herself down in front of the main console, punching a bunch of buttons in random order. Jimmy is being sworn into office in two days. Duh. Dralis, you ordered a bust of him and have to go to San Francisco tomorrow to pick it up, but you need someone to go with you to help transport it. Thank you, Captain Obvious! Guys, this is serious. We have to deal with the statue business. That gets top priority right now. You needed to drag all five of us out here to tell two people that getting Jimmy's bust is top priority? Yes. Other than, you know, breakfast. And we got another message from that Mistress of the Galaxy person. And the Prime Minister of Flutwana sent to us for help. What? Don't you guys check the mailbox? With you to do it for us? Why bother? Flutwana as in Venus? No, the other Flutwana. While Keen and Fertress were making faces at each other, Molly leaned around Slaughter to check the message on the screen. He says the Blagenstraff landed an hour ago. With the difference in time, according to the faster rotation of Venus itself, they've been there for several hours already. Ugh. They couldn't have waited three days, could they? We don't have time for this. This is true. But think back to the last time we got a cry for help from Venus. She's right. We left the banquet with Queen Elizabeth I, traveled all the way back into the present to save them from evil zombies. And it, it turned out that it was just a band of nowhere men that stumbled through a space rift. What about this mistress of the galaxy? What does she have to say this time? Uh, looks about the same as her last letter. Death, doom, destruction, demands for dark chocolate. Eh, it's probably some nine-year-old that broke into her parents' communication chamber and is just looking for a free bag of sweets. I don't know. She addresses us all by name. Keen, everyone knows who we are. They make comic books out of our adventures, for crying out loud. Max, she asked if you thought about her offer to co-rule a galaxy with her and her brother. What? To Molly, she says, go play with your little hyperdrive and stop standing in Max's way and preventing him from living up to his full potential of greatness. Molly turned a new shade of red. Keen read through the rest of the letter, which insulted and or made personal demands of every member of the Flash Pack. An uneasy silence was left hanging over the ship. So, what's the verdict, guys? Well, as serious as both these new messages sound, I doubt that either one of them presents any immediate threat. It's like Slatter said, getting Jimmy's present is top priority. No immediate threat? Did you hear any of what Sarah said, Max? This mistress of the galaxy could show up any minute and enslave the entire human race! I don't know about you, but I don't plan to spend the rest of my life rubbing lotion on some evil, muscular, handsome, uh, I mean evil, very evil, and dangerous warlord! Max is right, Dralis. Well, we're going to have to deal with her eventually, as long as she keeps sending us these messages of threats and demands and not ultimatums, I think we should be okay. What we really need to concentrate on right now is Venus and Jimmy. I think the best course of action is for Dallas to go to San Francisco and pick up the bust. The rest of us will nip it on out to Venus, assure the Prime Minister that everything is fine, and meet back here tomorrow. So you'll go all the way to Venus with them, but you won't fly across the country with me? 
Jalis glared at Max for a few seconds. It was difficult to tell whether she was going to sprout clawed tentacles and start breathing fire at them all, or ran out of the ship and cry. Eventually, she settled for storming out and slamming the door so hard that the screens blinked and something important-looking fell off the back of the ship. Geez, what's her problem? I told her I'd go with her. You're missing the point, Fertress. I suppose I'm going to San Francisco. Will you be okay without me on Venus, Molly? Yeah, sure. Like you said, it's probably a fluke anyway. The Flash Pack headed quietly back to the White House to bid Jimmy farewell. Dralis made some excuse about stealing Max away from him so close to his inauguration. They promised to be back the next day, and the two of them hopped into one of Jimmy's private shuttles and took off. The rest of the Flash Pack piled into their tiny ship and, with assurances to Jimmy of a speedy return, took off for Venus. I can't wait until that man learns to walk on his own two feet. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Max and the fact that all Dralis has to do is pitch a fit and he goes crawling to do her bidding. Max is a grown man. If he feels the need for some teenage drama in his life, I have no time to stop him. Teenage drama? Listen, sweetheart, if you can't tell the difference between her whining and throwing herself at your man, maybe you two are dense enough to deserve each other. Excuse me? Molly, I see the way you look at him. It's so obvious to everyone but him that you're absolutely smitten by the guy. Now if he had two brain cells to rub together... I'm sorry, but who is the leader of this little troop? A boy that pulls out a trampoline whenever Drowse is a jump. If you didn't hang on to every word he said like it was straight from God, maybe you see what a half-wit he really is. You dare say that about the man that's gotten us out of countless scrapes? The whole reason the Flash Pack exists in the first place? At least I'm not throwing myself on him like some horny little fangirl. At least she's doing something about getting some action instead of moping around and staring wistfully at him from the corner of the room. At least she's got the guts to make a move. Oh, so just because I'm choosing not to sing to the level of Saturnian strumpets, I'm not good enough for him? Don't you dare talk about Drowse like that. When was the last time you spoke to her, Molly? When was the last time you actually had a conversation with her? Do you actually know who Drowse is? Do you realize that she's waited for two years for you to make a move on Max? All because she didn't want to hurt you. So now she's a paragon of goodness. Um, guys, see that in front of us? It's the ground. And I don't know about you, but I'd really appreciate it if it wasn't coming at me quite so fast. Molly grabbed the controllers and made what was not quite defined as either a crash or a landing on the front lawn of the Prime Minister's private estate. They were hurriedly escorted inside by armed Venusian guards. On their way in, they caught a glimpse of a few of the giant half-men, half-bird Blagenstrath that seemed to be currently enthused by the idea of ripping up large parts of the landscape and seeing how far they'd shatter when dropped from certain heights. Fertress licked his lips. Come to Fertress, little birdie. <laughs> Fertress, that's hardly a little birdie. So? They don't look that dangerous. Besides, I'm a highly dangerous warrior. No, you're not. You're a magician. See that, Fertress? Those claws that are as big as me? Do you really want to go up against that? Dumb cat. Observant and stupid are not antonyms, Keen. And that's cat man, thank you very much. The Flash Pack spent the next hour deep in conversation with the head of the Venusian military and prime minister. Okay, so you've correctly identified them as Blagenstraff, and yes, they are actually dangerous this time. Now all we need to do is find their host. Host? Blagenstraff, while being completely solid and dangerous to one's health and well-being, are no more than figments of the imagination. A concept, really. All it takes is for an evil magician to conjure them, and they've got their own army. I may be able to help you there. We've only been pestered by one evil magician in the last few months. Nova. Nova? Again? You know him? Sworn enemy of Venus, cats, and naked women. What? I think he dated an Amazon that kept a Persian cat. He ran over the cat's tail one morning. Boy, was she pissed. 
So what we need to do is find the location of this Nova and take him out. And then the Blagenstrap will disappear? Sounds simple enough. Sounding and doing are two different things. It could be anywhere on the planet. He's in the cave three mountains down from the principal volcano. How do you know? Hey, old magician. He's casting spells like a fiend. It's all coming from a cave. We got it. I suppose we just go take him out then. Flashback? Flashback! The Prime Minister watched proudly as the four heroes returned to their craft and flew off. He was a little surprised when they returned 15 minutes later. You're back? It was easy. The man was afraid of cats and naked women. So how did you defeat him? We threw a fortress in front of him and told him to act like he was in pain. I was in pain, stupid face! Then Jill ran out to him, screaming and crying that her poor cat was dying, and what sort of monster goes around hurting poor defenseless kitties? And? And the guy got all remorseful and lit himself on fire. If Doralis was here, I bet she would have gotten naked. <laughs> Ew. Ew! You people are so immature! I'll meet you back at D.C. And with a mew and a puff of smoke, Meow. the cat mage vanished. I still can't believe it was Nova behind all of this. I can. It usually happens that way with evil magicians. You go out, make a name for yourself, get fame and glory, but their real goal is to conquer and destroy the world that raised them. Some people just never outgrow teen angst. But at least people knew better than to hang on to his every word. Uh, Prime Minister, could I put in a request for separate rooms for us all tonight? Will Molly and Keen ever make up? How is the bust of Jimmy going to turn out? Will Max and Dralis be able to retrieve it without mishap? Will they ever find out the true identity of the mysterious Mistress of the Galaxy? And most importantly, will the Flash Pack make it back to Washington in time for Jimmy's inauguration speech? Find out in the season finale Benedict Arnold. In that episode of Epic Echoes, Guinevere Eckert was the narrator, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Tymon was Dralis, Devon White was Molly, Lynn Nelson was Slaughter, Tongwen Wong was Keen, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs, Scape White was Fertress, and Scott Finbo was the Prime Minister. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Card Mikowski. Thank you very much, Rory. And we're running a little low on time, so I'd like to just jump right into the listener mail. Um, again, if you'd like to write into us with some listener mail, the email is castinwax at gmail.com. Well, we've got a few letters I'd like to read today. So, Scapey, this one is for you. Oh, it's going to be a little difficult to read, but I will try. Hi, I am a regular listener of the show, and I must say, the idea of replacing any of the co-hostings with a Scapey Sing segment would be delightful. I am a big fan, and I loved the song he sang a couple of weeks ago about being fierce. Wow. Oh, what a hunk. The next time you get out to kill some birds, maybe you can come visit me. Your biggest fan, Sassy. You hear that, Scape? You've got a fan. Her. <laughs> I'm not surprised, because I'm pretty, uh, very cool, if you know what I mean. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Uh, <laughs> apparently, your, your, your biggest fan would probably agree. So what do you think? When you, when you sneak out of the house to try to visit Sasquatch, are you going to go visit her? I don't know, maybe. Uh, does she have moist food for me? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, she's probably a, a cat. What? Well, she's probably a cat. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that it, it sounds to me like she's another cat. Oh, God. What's wrong with that? I hate other cats. <sighs> oh, she better not come around. But Scape, she's your fan. She's saying about how much she likes your, your work. She thinks you're really cute and awesome. Yeah, but she's a cat. This is my house. No other cats. What about Boo Bell? Look, I was angry when you brought in Boo Bell, but that's, en- that's enough. Boo Bell came in fine. It's over. 
That's it. No more cats. Well, it doesn't sound like she's trying to come to your house. She's just is saying you're you're cute and and dreamy, and she wants to meet you. Why? What do I care? I don't care about meeting other cats. I would have to fight them. I would win too. Sure, you would. Okay. Wow. Uh, you know, apparently getting nice mail for Scape isn't that big of a deal because he gets all upset. Um, although I do have one other piece of mail for Scape. Um, Rory, do you want to read this for me? Of course. <coughs> Dear Scape, let me say first that I have been following your work at Cast and Wax for some time and have been highly impressed. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Dr. Curtis McDee, one of the most highly respected, if not the most highly respected, Bigfoot, Yeti, and Sasquatch investigators in the United States, if not the world. I have spent upwards of 15, if not 16, years accumulating evidence, data, information, and any other kinds of facts in order to back up my belief in the existence of these majestic creatures, and am now just as convinced of their reality as I was when I began my research, if not more convinced. Your eyewitness accounts of medical consultations with the Sasquatch are among the best, if not the best, evidence I have so far discovered. Would it be possible to persuade you to divulge some contact information for Dr. Sasquatch so that my team of investigators could find him? Even if that is not possible, would you have any photographs, videos, or voice recordings you could share as proof? Perhaps even signed prescriptions and medical documents. Incidentally, would it be okay if I sent your email along to my personal friend, Dr. Hilliard Engels, a specialist in animal communication? I don't know why he wanted to speak with you. Thank you very much, Dr. Curtis Fleetwood McDee, Doctor of Yetiology, McDee University. What do you think, Scape? What do I think of what? Of the letter. He's He asked you, a guy wrote, asked you a question. What was the question? Hey, were you not even, maybe it was a little long for you and you got bored. Here's what he asks. He says he studies Sasquatches. He wants to know if you could get him in touch with Sasquatch or give him evidence of Sasquatch. Oh, no, no. No? No. Well, can you elaborate? Why not? Why can't you? I promise. Dad, Sasquatch is my friend. And he's my doctor, but he's also a friend of mine. And if I... I don't, I don't want to encroach on his privacy. He's in, the, he's in the yellow pages. Look it up. He's in the yellow pages? Under doctors or under Sasquatches? I don't know. I can't read. Then how do you know he's in the yellow pages? Uh... Well, I I don't. I don't really know what that means, but that's something people say when they don't want to tell you how to find something. Okay. Uh, that's fair. So, but no, but really, why why don't you want to tell? I mean, did he does he not want people to know he's real? Uh, Dad, I really don't want to discuss it. He's a friend. I sneak out of the house and I see him. I know. Okay, that's all you need to know. Although I I will m- mention that he you used to sneak out of the house to see him in Binghamton, and now we're in New York. Does that mean he did he move with us? Dad, I've said too much. You apparently you have said too much. Now you've revealed that he's either moved with us or he is everywhere. Dad. Okay, let's move on to the next letter. I think we have time for uh, one more. Frank, do you want to read this one for me? Sure. Yo, dudes. I tried beef cheese crackers just to see what all the fuss was about, and I gotta tell you, they're not that good. I mean, they're okay. They're fine. But they're not as good as Rory and Frank said they were. Well, I didn't say that they were good, but okay. Uh, they're definitely not as good as shits or Anything by is really a good bet. You want to tell people to eat crackers, go with Anyway, I hope you did end up getting paid, because it would suck if you had sounded like such an idiot for nothing. Also, I think my neighbor might be a serial killer. I've been watching him for weeks, and sometimes he puts dark bags in his trunk late at night. It's probably just leaves or weeding or something, because I think he's a gardening freak. But anyway, it would be really cool if he was a serial killer like in the movies. So I think Frank should come investigate, and then Rory can go to court and say he murdered all kinds of people in really gruesome, screwed-up ways, like he chopped off their heads and pulled their hearts out of their chest, or he froze them alive or something. It'd be rad. Let me know. Peace out. 
Billy. <laughs> okay. Let's address these two things in order. Uh, first of all, beep cheese crackers. They weren't talking about beep cheese crackers. They were talking about cheese crackers, but we beeped it out. I can't believe I said it. I was avoiding saying it all this time. Well, it doesn't matter because you're going to beep it out anyway. Well, I know, but anyway, did, did he get paid? Roy, did you get paid for that? No, thank you. I did not get paid for that. Uh, sorry, I guess he didn't get paid. Frank, did you get paid for it? Well, well no, I didn't get paid, but I did get a lifetime supply of crackers. It's almost run out. But it was a quote-unquote lifetime supply. Well, so there you there you have it. Rory didn't get anything, and Frank got crackers. So they did sound like idiots for nothing. Well, I didn't sound like an idiot. Rory sounded like an idiot. Well, it, 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 I was, it was a good plan. But anyway, let's move on to the next part, which is the, the serial killer bit. What do you guys think? Do you think that's going to work? Do you think the guy's really a serial killer, or do you think we should just ignore it? No, I, I mean, he probably isn't, but I'd be happy to do an interview and, uh, and find out for sure. And then, Rory, are you going to do the thing where you say... No, I'm not going to do any more legal stuff, all right? I've learned that. Fine. I'm not going to do any more. I'll, I'll do... Do my, my, my historical readings as I do, and I still make good money off of them, but no more legal battles, all right? No. All right. Uh, well, unfortunately, that's all the time for Lister Mail we've got today, because we are just, man, this is a long show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. In the background, you'll hear one of my favorite waxwork theme songs called Happy Birthday. Um, it's not anybody's birthday here today, but it is our 20th episode, which is kind of exciting. So listen to the rest of that song, and uh, as for next week, we'll be seeing you. next episode of Cast and Wax. In Guard Duty, the villains don't see eye to eye. The Vengeance Squad? I told you that's our name. But it sounds so... Let it go. How about the Backlash Pack? Or the Mirth Guard? You think those are better? In Tractor Fiction, God rejects her followers. We were good people. Our good works far exceeded any bad we did. Don't our good works count for anything? No, my child. Miss Cleo did all the work necessary for salvation when Miss Cleo died on the cross. And in Epic Echoes, an old friend needs the flashback's help. I don't care if she is my adopted sister. We need to take the little lady out. Call it justice. Call it assassination. Call it coup d'etat. It needs doing. Only problem is she's already got the entire stadium encased in one of them penetrable force fields. All this plus interviews in history coming your way on August 18th to waxwork.com. <laughs>